Hello and welcome to episode 257 of the Waters Waveland podcast. I'm your host, Weishan, and I have Tony back here with me today. Hey T, how's it hanging? It's hanging well. Uh, you know, we got Thanksgiving coming up here in the United States uh, for Thursday. And then Friday is uh, the U.S. is playing England. And for those that don't know. Oh, football. Water technology. Soccer. Well, yeah, soccer. <laughs> World Cup, but for those that don't know about our company, uh, Waters Technology is owned by a company called InfoPro Digital. They're a French company, but the history of Waters Technology, Risk.net, uh, Central Banking, FX Markets um, is London and all of our senior executives that aren't in America, or that aren't in the US or in Hong Kong are based in London. So, um, and basically this was a London company for many, many, for decades, uh, basically. But anyway, so on Friday, we'll... After working very hard on Friday for several hours, a uh, bunch of the Brits and the Americans will get together to go watch probably England destroy America because America had an embarrassing loss to Wales. Uh, not a loss, a, a draw, but basically it felt like a loss. But uh, but yeah, so. I, I didn't watch that, but I was on a call earlier where someone, uh, just two US people actually, which is kind of weird. So they were like, oh, looking forward to like, you know, the food coma and the football. And then um, the other person goes, oh, yeah, we're going to be eating lots. And yeah, it's the World Cup. And he's like, oh, I meant American football. And she's like, oh, well, oh, yeah, oops. You got to understand that for <laughs> Americans Thursday. So Thanksgiving Day, you know, there's an early game that starts at like 12, like noon or 1230. It's almost always the Detroit Lions. Then you got like a, a four o'clock game with uh, it's usually the Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay usually play at some point. But so basically Thursday is meant for turkey, um, you know, sweet potato uh, with uh, sweet potatoes with uh, mushroom or not mushrooms. Pecan pie. Um, well, pecan pie. Yep, that's that's always a good one. I'm trying to think of what my favorite Thanksgiving foods are, but honestly, I don't I don't really like turkey. Um, like the I've, mashed I've potato stuff and, mashed and like stuff, Brussels sprouts. Yeah, you know, I don't Root think that's vegetables. A, a, it's not a usual one. Like you get beets, a lot of things with beets. Um, but yeah, anyway, so American football will dominate Thursday. Uh, European uh, football <laughs> will dominate Friday. Um, oh, so here's a hot take that I want to ask you before we get. So we're going to discuss blockchain and cloud mm -hmm. and things like that. But I think I pissed off uh, two of our reporters, Rebecca Mattel and uh, well, actually, I think Neil might have agreed with me, but Neil Graham. So we were at a bar last night and just talking and I had the hot take. So Reb is obsessed with Taylor Swift and all things Taylor Swift. OK. Um, she went the I think she went the entire month of or so far this entire month of November. She's only listened to Taylor Swift, not a, a single other artist in any way, oh, shape or form. Oh, my God. Exactly. And she listens to a <laughs> lot of music. So I told her that Billie Eilish is happier than ever is better than Taylor Swift's new album, Midnight's. And so I don't think that we're friends anymore after that. But um, <laughs> do you have any thoughts on that? Um, you know what? <laughs> it's gonna suck because I can't remember what Billie Eilish's song sounds like. But okay, Taylor Swift's album. I'm sorry, Reb. I I actually tried listening to the whole thing, like from start to finish. I do like some songs. Uh, I did not get to edition. the. 
uh, yeah, uh, I did not get to the last song. Okay. Um, it, it just, I, I lost, uh, uh, I lost interest. I, I love it. I love, you know, what she put out during the pandemic, like people like rip on her and I'm like, geez, oh, yeah. like she's put out so much good music, folklore, um, uh, evermore. She's done country. She's done folk. She's done just kind of your basic, you know, whatever you call contemporary, you know, music today is pop. whatever it is. Pop. Yeah, um, so I'm impressed as hell by her, but best album since 2001, happier than ever if we're talking between Billy and uh, Taylor. But anyway, hmm, so I could give that about. a listen and then I'll, I'll give you uh, I'll give you my take, uh, I guess, okay. the next time, the we, next chat. time we do the podcast. Mm. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk blockchain and uh, <laughs> ASX, I guess, and chess. Um, where do you want to start? You're you're the moderator. You're the one uh, controlling the questions. I'll answer. So, well, did we all see this coming? I think that's the first thing that I'd like to ask, especially to you. Well, certainly with all the delays, of course, uh, anybody, everybody had to see this coming, had to see. I'm actually impressed that the executives at ASX, the Australian Securities Exchange, uh, just in case there are those that don't know what ASX stands for. But actually, let's uh, just a quick little. The Australian Securities Exchange um, in 2016 began to uh, look at replacing their settlement system, which is called CHESS. I don't remember what that stands for. It's an acronym. Um, and as part of it, they were considering going with uh, distributed ledger technology. Well, uh, for mm -hmm. the purpose of this conversation, we're going to use distributed ledger technology and blockchain interchangeably. Um, but technically, blockchain is a DLT. Not all DLTs are blockchains. Okay, yep. with that out of the way. So they decided to go down the path of DLT and they partnered with uh, a startup that's now very well known. Um, called Digital Asset, and it made a lot of waves. And I make the case for two reasons in a column I wrote recently that two reasons made a lot of waves. One, they were the first exchange to say we're going to do blockchain, but we're going to do it on an industry for an industry-wide important mission-critical system that everybody connects into. Thus, that means that everybody else that connects into that system needs to make upgrades on their end to be compatible with this new DLT system. It was a bold move, but they wanted to be innovative. They wanted to be seen cutting edge and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I highly recommend read uh, AFR, the Australian Financial Review. They've done a ton of great reporting throughout the years on this specific, this specific project. While Wei Shen will get out to Australia here and there, they're, Australia's always been kind of like this it's it's a market, it's a major market, but they really have their own, they live in their own world in so many different ways. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway, they go ASX, they go digital asset. Digital asset, of course, had recently named uh, Blythe Masters. So this is back in 2015, 16, named Blythe Masters uh, CEO. Blythe Masters was head of JP Morgan's commodities desk. She had been at JP Morgan for 30 years. Uh, she was constantly on American bankers, most powerful women in banking uh, lists. Uh, and she carried a lot of cachet with her. 
And so to see a major head of a trading desk from a major investment bank leave that job to go to a DLT startup was surprising. And then for that startup to win this very important contract with a major global exchange. So you had those domino effects, but right from the beginning, first of all, the industry was like, this is going to cost us too much money. And again, you know, I go back to AFR's early reporting, but it's going to cost each of us millions of dollars. We don't want to spend. Why are we, why are we going blockchain? Isn't there a more simple way of doing this? Yes, this is maybe seen as innovative cutting edge, but they're like, no, we want to future proof ourselves because blockchain is the future. And so, but the, the many in the industry were saying this is going to cost us a lot of money and we don't know that this is going to work. And then there were delays, numerous delays of when it was supposed, you know, from when they originally, you know, Weisha and I wrote an article when they finally decided to make that decision. Um, one of our first probably ever teaming up as a, as a co-byline. Yeah, and that was fun. It was. <laughs> and I created using Photoshop a cool little uh, infographic yeah. with the Australian map with a chain around it, showing off my Photoshop <laughs> skills. <laughs> so... So they make the decision, tons of delays. Then you have, there was a shakeup at CEO after some of these delays, outages in, in um, the system. Uh, the CEO that was originally there um, left, was replaced. Blythe Masters at some point leaves digital assets. At this point, you have to start to say like, all right, and digital asset, and I wrote a column about this, they kind of, their messaging had changed a bit in that, you know, rather than promoting DLT, the technology, the platform, they started really promoting their programming language called DAML, D-A-M-L. Again, yeah. an acronym for something that off the top of my head, a digital asset modeling language. language. Modeling, modeling language, there you go. Um, <laughs> so basically it's your yeah. smart contract language. Yeah. Your smart contract language. Yes. And so let's make it clear that digital assets are going to exist in the future. Mm -hmm. um, smart contracts are going to exist in the future. There will be a need for things like DAML. Mm -hmm. um, but was it the right choice to take a brand new technology to replace a mission critical settlement system in a high volume major market exchange? And Many said at the time, this is a bad decision. They kept on saying it throughout the years and they were proven right at the end of the day. And so the, that is, you know, that, that it's to say this, and I'll be interested to see what goes on with the DTCC with their trade information warehouse, TIW. Yep. Um, that's something that we'll certainly have to kind of look at and poke around at. Uh, because, Project Iron and Project Whitney as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, DTCC has been very, very big on uh, distributed ledger technology. So are there concerns there now with that? We're going to learn a lot about because there was, so Accenture, essentially because of all these delays, Accenture was brought in to conduct a review. Yeah. And you know things are going sideways when you're going to pay one of the big three consulting firms 
a ton of money to come in and what they're going to do is shit on you. And that's just what they do. And it in- inevitably when they come in, layoffs are going to happen. And sure enough, in this case, there will be layoffs um, for the people that were working on the chess team. And that sucks, you know. Um, doesn't mean that they were wrong in the report or anything like that. But I also don't have a ton of love for the Accenture's, <laughs> EY's, and McKinsey's of the world. Um, but they... There were there were three basic things that they pointed at unnecessary complexity, which again, blockchain is supposed to not be complex, right? It's supposed to be streamlined and everything's on the chain and yada yada yada. One thing they said is that there was there was faulty governance and communications essentially between the exchange and digital asset. Mm. And I wonder what went on there. We don't have details around that. Um, I, I hope that the folks at AFR, the people have boots on the ground there, or if anybody's listening and has some insight, please tell us. We'll we'll gladly write the story. Yeah. Um, so I want to know about that. But at the end of the day, it just goes to show you that, in my opinion, block. I've, I've been writing about this several times. Blockchain is not the future. It is not. It is the future for digital assets. And if you think the world's going to be dominated by digital assets, great. Live in your libertarian utopia that you dream of. Fantastic. In the real world, back to reality, it's not. What is the future of exchange technology is cloud. It's why you saw CME partner with uh, Google. It's why you saw Amazon, uh, Amazon and NASDAQ partner. It's why you saw SIBO and Snowflake uh, have a big partnership announcement, and there have been others. And then each, every investment bank and you know hedge funds are talking, signing these exclusive deals. It's kind of an arms race right now. Funny that the arms race around blockchain doesn't exist anymore. It existed in 2016, 17, 18, 19. All of a sudden, those those projects have gone quiet. So that's my takeaway there. I, I ramble on as always. Yeah, as always, I could have cut you off a lot sooner, but I decided to let you have it. You know, it's been a while, so I just let you have your say, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, While I agree on most fronts, I think, um, and you're right to say that a lot of these blockchain projects that we heard of 2016, 17, 18, even 19 some, um, Mm -hmm. you know, have just disappeared, gone quiet. But I think the whole thing, the whole uh premise of why a firm of any size or you want more in exchange would you know start to okay hey we're experimenting with this new tech new piece of technology okay experimenting um Mm -hmm. you know where is that point where you decide okay this is enough i don't think it's going to work especially on this wide scale you know uh something that could potentially replace a clearing and settlement system that's a it's huge right so i i give them i, I give them props for you know um making that ball move and it, it was mm. a very daring move and but it could it have been um cut short a lot sooner perhaps in 2018 or 19 19 you know when they were trying to hit some of those milestones were they were there people within the firm going like Mm, hey, I don't know if it's really working out. Maybe we should call it quits and move on to something else that could, you know, replace or better uh, our current chess system because, you know, this one has been existing since the, what, 90s or something, uh, decades, basically. 
So isn't that the whole point of new technology, experimenting with new technologies though? You got to learn how to say, or when to say more like, this is enough, uh, we've tested it and it's not working. Whereas mm -hmm. I think I think maybe the ASX took on a little bit more than they could chew when they they just committed to, um, yeah, using DLT for this system. It's what always happens, right? Is and on a previous, uh, a much earlier um, from years ago, it, you probably weren't even the host at this time. It was probably me and James, uh, maybe even Dan and I. Um, is you have these projects and then you have these champions that convince senior management that this is the way to go. They become the champion of the project. A couple of years go by, some of those people start leaving. The project is still there, still going. People take it on that maybe weren't as that weren't as uh, evangelists as the previous people were, or maybe they were and they still foolishly kept on charging ahead. But at some point, you're kind of like, all right, we're locked in. We got to make this work. It has to work. It can't we can't. We're going to look so bad. People are going to be fired. It's going to be ugly. And so you stick it out for a long time. And I I guess that, you know, finally they brought in Accenture and just the funny thing, too, about it being Accenture, too, is in 2016 Accenture, <laughs> they took a they took a ton of uh, they were made fun of a lot about this, but uh, they uh, filed a patent for a prototype it created. Uh, they were working with um, a professor at the Stevens Institute here in um, in America, a guy named uh, Giuseppe Atienzi. I'm probably butchering that last name, but whatever people butcher my last name. So Celevi um, <laughs> that would allow for permissioned blockchains to be edited. Um, so this would differ from a true blockchain, right? It, it cannot, you know, mm. the, uh, true blockchain cannot be accessible, uh, accessed by anyone, but only by pre-approved nodes, uh, nodes, usually internal to a single organization or group of organizations. Anyway, they took a lot of flack for this, uh, especially on Twitter. And that's neither here nor there. But so Accenture had experience in this. You know, they said that they were very ahead of their time in this. And it's true. A lot of the blockchain projects that you hear about now on Wall Street, again, the capital markets, so I'm not talking about other industries. If you're listening to this and you're like, whoa, blah, 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 great, fantastic. I'm talking about the, in the highly regulated market, the uh, capital markets, um, and where it's insanely complex because of different asset classes, different geographies, different trading firms, all that kind of stuff. The blockchains that we'll be creating were these bastardized versions of what a real blockchain is, you know, mm. and so they were using the word to get funding. You've written so much recently about post trade inefficiencies, efficiencies, inefficiencies in post trade. And it's hard to free up money, especially to get it from the front office, the traders, and from middle office risk systems and get money and funding for back office inefficiencies. Blockchain was this sexy new thing that was able to kind of free up money. People, all these fintech firms were, money was dumping, it was money after money um, in 2021. I don't have numbers uh, for um, this year so far, but in 2021, 7 billion um, was of new funding was given in the first half of 2021. Monster number. 
Mm. You know? And so, yeah, it's people just jumped on the coattails and just decided to ride that dragon. But this has to be a lesson that there are the tech. Here's the big problem. Here's the big takeaway. You don't, for so many things in the capital markets, you don't need fancy new technologies. I'd argue that you don't necessarily need, you know, all these fancy consortium projects that we see to develop new platforms. The technology exists. It's using things like cloud more efficiently. Now, granted, over the last five years, cloud has become more adopted. It's become uh, more part of the capital markets. The use of APIs as a data and software delivery mechanism has become more accepted. Using open source tools has become, um, you know, the Goldman Sachs was famously you know, suing the hell out of trying to put Sergey Alay in the cloud in jail for many, many years. And now Goldman Sachs is one of the leading, you know, firms when it comes to open source contributions amongst investment banks. Um, and, you know, you have things like, because of open source, things like machine learning and natural language processing are becoming more democratized. They're not as, you know, unattainable, you know, you didn't, as they used to be. The Googles yeah. of the world are doing a lot of the hard work for you. So the technology exists. You don't need this fancy new technology. It has, it has not been proven to be able to work for industry important, mission critical systems full stop that's the proof we have and until that day comes and they can prove that this is because again the accenture report said that there was unnecessary complexity in this exactly so why have it why use it there's a reason why cme and nasdaq and SIBO and others are going with the major cloud providers to build out their trading infrastructures they are not talking about um cloud and just as a quote just um you know i was talking with um one executive um from an exchange and they were saying to me it was uh one major factor what the, what they believed one major factor in asx's decision was probably and this is a quote probably the fact that dlt technology has granted i get technologies were done in there uh dlt technology has some fundamental limitations I have encountered very few use cases for DLT that couldn't be solved more easily with a simple database. And another challenge added to that is trying to integrate the solution into the industry pipes client infrastructure, because that's mm. the other piece of this that's getting lost. And yeah. it was mentioned by the Australian Federal Reserve Board that industry participants had already sunk millions of their own dollars to get yeah. their systems up to speed. So what becomes of that? It's a cluster. I, I agree with you. And as uh, you know, those executives said that you've spoken to and, you know, uh, executives I've spoken to as well. The, the point of the point of it is that the technology they have today works. It's just how they are planning to future proof it. Right. So <laughs> why? Why the choice of you know DLT? Uh, you know, it, it's an ambitious choice, sure. Um, and did it work? No, not now. Um, maybe, maybe in 10, 20 years. I, who knows, right? I, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. But 
Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, you know, all my conversations that I've been having about post-trade. Everything works at the moment, right? Which is why there's also a huge reluctancy uh, for some firms to actually do anything because change one thing and, you know, let's say your your trade life cycle gets screwed up and there you go. Millions of dollars, you know, a small little mistake could cost millions of dollars, if not more. Uh, and then what happens to your reputation on top of that? So uh, that's all to say that <laughs> firms need to be very, very careful when they, uh, you know, look at projects uh, and on, on what to work on. It, is it ambition that we that they're striving for or what are they really looking to do uh, with this new piece of technology? If if it is a new piece of technology, you know, yeah, as, as you mentioned, yeah. Uh, the executive said that it could have actually really been just a database. And I'm I'm reminded by uh, what the Hong Kong Exchange is doing with their Synapse project. So this is in between, Synapse. this is to solve, yeah, Synapse or Synapse, however you want to pronounce it. Um, but it's between the, it's the Stock Connect um, program uh, between obviously uh, China and Hong Kong. So in China, the problem there is it's T plus zero and in Hong Kong, it's plus two. So how do they solve for that? So they they initially also said that they were exploring also with digital asset, by the way, um, with uh, with DLT, but they came to the conclusion and they, currently they're still in a pilot program. Um, they came to the conclusion that it's going to be the smart con it's going to be smart contracts that they use and it will be run on a database. So uh, we'll see what the outcome of that is, but I feel like there, um, I mean, speaking to different people in the industry here, that there may be a higher chance of that succeeding, you know, versus saying, okay, we're yeah. going to run it on DLT. Well, just never be the first adopter. And, you know, it's like uh, Brennan Carley, you know, uh, who's been in the industry for, by the way, is is this like a, like an aluminum aluminum thing? Is you guys say what? synapse over there and we say synapse or did you just get that wrong? Synapse, synapse, we say synapse here. Interesting. Okay. Well, I apologize then for correcting you. I'll so have to far, go to yeah. cultural uh, no, HR but, but, training. No, and... <laughs> I mean, some I have heard people pronouncing it as synapse and others as synapse. So, but I will okay. I will say synapse. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so, but so Brendan Carley, he said that he's been in this industry uh, for for decades, and yeah, you know, he's he was. From the get go, like people like him, uh, Virginia O'Shea. If you know, if you know these names, they're great on Twitter. By the way, follow them on Twitter. Um, mm. But they've been always uh, against kind of DLT, and as you know, and, and they say publicly what a lot of people say to me in private. So that's why I also like listening to them um, because you can tell that they're kind of clued in and connected there um, with the people that work at banks but aren't allowed to say it because. The banks have invested a lot of money in DLT projects and things like that. But he says that the ASX project involved a new system using a new technology and from a new vendor. Maybe take one of those risks, but taking all three at the same time just compounds the risk of failure. And I would like to go back to an article that we wrote earlier in the year um, that Reb and Yellow wrote about um, where in March, uh, where have all the blockchain startups gone? And we looked at all the launches, all the announced blockchain projects from 2016 to 2018 um, that we wrote about. And then we tried to just follow up, see what has actually been done. And some of these were just internal projects and stuff like that. But 
so many just disappeared into the ether, just became nothing, you know? Mm. Um, for example, in 2019, Elliot Grossman, uh, he was working at a broker called Dinosaur Financial Group, um, which famously now is uh, part of the lawsuit uh, against QSIP, but that's neither here nor there. Um, And he went to uh, T0, blockchain-based security token exchange founded by online retailer Overstock.com, and he became the CEO of its uh, upcoming, its potential coming retail brokerage affiliate, T0 Markets. This is a quote from him. We couldn't convince the capital markets industry to start adopting this technology. Even though I think they saw the benefit, they thought, this is great, We'd like to be the second, but not the first. It was a lot of frustration because we all felt like we had this really exciting, interesting product, but then we ran into miles and miles of red tape and we ran into an industry that is built on legacy technology that doesn't have much ability to unfurl into adaptive technology. So much it is still being caught up to the 20th century. So basically the, the financial is being caught up to the 20th century, much less 21st century. And there's a lot of truth to that too. Again, this is not to say that DLT isn't a good technology in other industries. Mm. The highly regulated, highly intertwined global financial system is not the place to be experimenting on a grand scale. Start it off small. I think that's the key though, on a grand scale. Yeah, start it off small. and then see, uh, and then you add more to it, right? See, kind of build it out. And then maybe you run into problems early on and decide, okay, that's it. Uh, not a good use case. Let's move on to the next but remember, step. and and when you, tr- when you are replacing, replacing an order management system, execution management, portfolio management system, replacing um, a matching engine at exchange, a settlement system at exchange, you don't get to keep on do oh oh this didn't work this year we'll change to this no you have to be all in put your chips in yep right now the the biggest you know the the most prestigious exchanges are putting their chips in on cloud they're not putting it in a blockchain so even you know, then like, I still I I don't think it's all their chips in so not all the chips but yes it's, yeah it's their, yep. this this is the direction that they are going in so and hey listen they're going to be screw ups there I'm sure too. Um, it's yeah. not easy. Cloud migrations aren't easy projects as everybody's finding out now. But so yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. and these things take time. It's just that those, uh, I think, those projects they would they would be able to see a bit more uh, results a lot faster because yeah, it, it, I mean it depends on which applications they use it for, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, then, yeah, it comes to implementation part. I mean, sorry, integration part of it, as you mentioned earlier, even like taking things out like a OMS. I mean, it's hard work. Why do nightmare. people not it's want to change OMS providers? Why? Yeah. You got to rip the whole thing out. Yeah. yeah. How and you they rip t- and the it touches whole on so many out? different systems. And it, it, with each passing year, as you connect into more different systems to pull in more data, so that you don't just have an OMS system that doesn't talk to your EMS, it doesn't talk to your PMS, it doesn't talk to your different analytic systems, it doesn't talk across um, various trading desks, it doesn't talk across various geographies. You want mm-hmm. all of that to be, you want that to be interoperable. You want these systems to be interoperable so you can pull in all the data, derive, and once you pull in all that data, you want systems that can then create analytics and package that information that provides context. Context is king. 
not having it. Data is good. Data is important. But being able to provide content, if you can't provide context around that data, you got nothing. And I understand why there's there's that siren song for blockchain, because in theory, this streamlines and pulls it all into this beautiful little block and your nodes and blah, blah, blah. Well, <laughs> let me just say, go. Yes, I know. <laughs> oh, my God, you are so much work. <laughs> I, I <know>. think. <laughs> I'm happy. Well, I think that's it for this week, folks. <laughs> Sounds good. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. I hope you weren't listening to this in the car while uh, driving your family somewhere, you know. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Also, though, you're a terrible father or mother if you're making your children listen to a conversation about DLT and blockchain I on a car going, trip to a family I was going to end there, but thanks for, you know, extending that now. Um, Happy Thanksgiving, folks, for the final time. <laughs> those who celebrate. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>